2: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts, and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
0: Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization, so, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101. SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm is now in session.
1: Hello, and welcome to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcut, the Director of
3: SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Johnny. Hey, how's it going, man? Feels like it's been forever since I did, did a show. After i know. been out sick or surgery, recovering from my surgery and stuff. So it's awesome to be back. I'm very glad you are. And
1: yeah, we missed, uh, I mean, I think we only missed one show ultimately because thanks to that extra credit segment. So that was good. Nice. And we've got lots to catch up on. My goodness. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess the, the the one we really want to get to today is an interview that was done between uh uh, Eric Enga uh, with um, Matt Cutts. And I really liked this interview. I mean, Eric's an amazing interviewer. He's, he, he always seems to get to the heart of the matter. And mm. he does it in a way that, that there's enough to talk about, even though he's not really giving away anything. Like He's not asking Matt to give the, the secret or the algorithm
3: you know it's, but it's more you, always, you always have to ask you just know he's never going to answer yeah because <laughs> there is a question in this interview where matt's like i can't talk about that yeah
1: <laughs> I, I do uh, so, someone's going to slip him something someday and he'll just say everything exactly <laughs> everyone will be like, what the <laughs> so i don't know i guess should we just Get into it. I'm, what I wanted to do, uh, everyone, was just walk through the, the interview and the the, the highlights that uh, I thought were really interesting and, and might give you a little perspective on on what it means to get rankings these days with penguin, and, penguin and panda and play and and uh, yeah, they're playing they're playing together. Yeah, um, <laughs> black
3: and white, so, a ton of yeah. <laughs> right?
1: So one thing I really liked that Eric put in here was a an example of how content can look different, but actually says the same thing. So the example he gives is the first one here is, here is some info on frogs. Frogs are green. Frogs live in water. Frogs like to jump. Frogs are not toads. Thanks for reading our article on frogs. And the next part, which is actually saying the same thing, but is written differently, is frogs are interesting creatures partly because they are green. Many people do not realize that they are not toads. Frogs like to jump and live in water. And what he's demonstrating here is that even though these are different, they're not duplicate content, Google can tell that they are uh,
3: essentially not saying anything differently. And I'd, like, I'd like to step back, though, and say, yes, based on what Matt's saying here, they are duplicate content. Just because they're not worded exactly the same thing, the, the information that's given in those two examples are exactly the same, even though they're phrased differently. And the engines are going to start considering that duplicate content. Not in, no. the, not in the traditional form of duplicate content that we think about where you get filtered out because it's exactly the same content. But in the fact that the algorithms today are looking at the information provided on a page. In this particular case, it's the exact same information. It's going to be treated similarly to traditional duplicate content, where if somebody else has a page that has new and unique information, that's going to get priority over these two. Yeah, it says while they're not duplicates, they bring
1: nothing new to the table. And that's what they're looking for. Uh, They they have to – these sites are not bringing additional value. Um, And – what I really liked about this is there's so many people out there right now, and I'm dealing with a ton of it at this very moment. With um, Penguin and Panda has totally brought new clients out of the fold for stuff where like people that are just coming in by the droves, which is fantastic. We love it. Uh, however, it's, a lot of it's the work of cleaning up this kind of stuff, and it's, it's a lot of work, man. And, and, and a lot of it's convincing clients that this is not unique content.
3: Right. And and I I know you you read the quote in Eric's where they kind of set the side quote where he says, while they are not duplicate, they bring nothing to the table. But if you dig into Matt's answer specifically, at the last paragraph, he says, Google would seek to detect that there's no real differentiation between these results and show only one of them so we could offer users different types of sites in other search results. So by that answer, he's treating these the same way they would treat traditional exactly duplicated content. Even though they're worded differently, they're formatted differently, they're the same thing. And yeah, that's, what well, they, that's what they're trying to get across. Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, he's not calling it duplicate, but it's being treated the same way. Yes. Exactly. And, and that's what people need to understand. The, this stuff, you, know, you can't just reword something and hope that's going to be enough to get past algorithms. It, it doesn't work that way quote-unquote, anymore.
3: <laughs> yeah. There was a time. <laughs> there was um, definitely a time. <laughs> and um, it, really, it really just comes down to they're getting so much smarter, not just about you know, looking at an algorithm saying, well, these two sentences are exactly the same, so they're duplicate. Now they're at the point where they say, these two pages say the exact same thing, even though they're not word for word. They're, saying, they're providing the exact same information. So, yes, they're duplication. They're so much smarter now than they used to be. Yeah, and you know what I really loved um, it was not the next
1: part here because that's really just whatever. Um, it was the the one that I've got there that's highlighted in green. Says he talks about e-commerce sites. Is he says I also see a lot of e-commerce sites and aggregator sites out there. What about them? This is Eric saying this. Well, Matt said it's really the same type of issue. They need to ask themselves what really is their value add, and that is dead on. It's the hardest thing I deal with working with e-commerce clients because. They all say the same thing. Well, we, we're all running off the same catalogs. So what are we supposed to do? Write every single different definition for every product?
3: Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, ideally, yes. It's not feasible for some clients. It's just simply not. Um, but you have to find something yeah, yeah. else that but, differentiates but, but
3: it, you. It is feasible if they want to, if they want to compete, if they want to spend the resources to do better than their competitors, yes, it is feasible to write one for every single product, even if you have a million products. If you're selling a million different products and you're making money or you have potential to make money off a million different products, take the time, take the resources, find the ones that you're be- getting beat on and write your own unique content for those. We yes, work in different
1: feasible. worlds, man. There's no way a small business can afford to do that to twenty to 30,000 products. But what well, they, they can do is find something else that differentiates them from the competition and build on that. They can do it on their pro- top products and maybe slowly work away at them, but there's no way they can afford to do that all at once.
3: That's fine, but they have to realize that if their competitors do do that, they're going to get beat, period.
1: No, that's not true if they have a differentiator something else within their e-commerce system that makes them stand out then they're going to get
3: more attention if 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 there's if they have a competitor selling the exact same product on a product page that has this, the exact same content how, what is described to me what the differentiator you're talking about is differentiator
1: could be as simple as someone. uh I, I don't, I, I, I can't claim to know what the exact, well, I wouldn't even say it on the air if I did, cause it'd be a good idea, but <laughs> 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 a, a differentiator would be, um, uh, would be enough that someone would say, oh, this is the site that I like to go to. And, hey, check these guys out. Hey, check these guys. Enough. If, if The truth of the matter is that if there's enough really good quality links out there. Point to someone, they're going to get above the other guy if, if their content's the same.
3: If they're deep links. Uh, that's, yes. Yeah, but, uh, you know, if their content's yeah, exactly the same. I got same stuttering. Thing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm just I'm just trying to say because because i I've been working re- really me personally philosophically when it comes to SEO I'm really at the point now where I'm getting to think that while links themselves are are still an important part of the SEO equation link building itself is dying if not going to be dead within the year Definitely. the I- idea of, of link building so if you're telling a small business to do link building to differentiate themselves. To me, you're leading them down the wrong path.
1: I didn't say that though.
3: You just you just said that the links
1: are that links are, are generated. Good. They're not they're not building them. They just got good content. Even Matt says later on in this actual okay. article okay, that, but that
3: that you but, build brand by promoting things and the links but, happen naturally. But, but but you're contradicting yourself. You're saying we've got two okay. pages, same product, same descriptions. You say deep links to those products are what's going to differentiate them, but you're not going to get deep links to that product unless you're doing link building because they're exactly the same as the other guy. It's not true. What, have you not heard of branding? Come now, John. It's, uh, I, <laughs> yes. I've, I've, it's, it's that thing you do to brand yourself. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> I think everyone's uh, loving it, this. <laughs> yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, is you're being a bit optimistic that – if you have thirty thousand products as a small business, your competitor has thirty thousand products as a small business. You're going to be able to differentiate yourself enough through branding to get more deep links to individual product pages than your competitor. People don't. That's not how it works. That's how we would love it to work. That's in theory. That would be a great if it worked that way. But you're not going to get enough deep links to make a difference that way. You're going to have to separate yourself via content. That's, well, you, that's remember, you don't need a lot of deep links necessarily. It can be if you have thirty thousand products.
1: Just search engine rankings either if, we're all. So if, talking about what makes a company survive, it could be a really good link from a good site that's sending a ton of business. Ultimately, those true. people turn into uh, 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 what's, the word, uh, what's the word for it? The uh, uh, people backing. I love it. Lo- uh, fans, <laughs> fans well, of the yeah. site, and, and they're going to ultimately build. You know, it's just the way any good company builds an image. You know, when it comes down to it, um, if you do a good product, or you know, sell a good product, sell, a, sell have good customer service, and you have a good your brand is created well. it will work that way now I know pure SEO uh, if you 're talking the absolute purest, there 's no branding involved, then obviously content is going to have to be different you 're right but that 's not a way businesses run
3: and I think part of our our disagreement here is in General sites and general businesses, I, I tend to lean the same way you are leaning. I agree with you. E-commerce product-driven sites that are specifically relying on selling 30,000 products or getting traffic to 30,000 different products, they work a little bit different.
1: Mm-hmm. They're,
3: they're not going to be able to leverage that branding at the deep product level as easily as a site that's selling services, for example. Because the, the architecture of those sites is so much – broad, there's, there's so many more paths, so much broader that you can't build weight at the top of the domain and have it distributed to 30,000 products enough to make a difference.
1: No, not from the top. There's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So from a services type of product services business where there's somebody that's got, you know, maybe even 100 pages of products and services that they offer, that's a lot different. And and, and I I, I definitely lean the way that you're talking and agree with you that you could do that with branding and, and, and organic natural link building. E-commerce is a different story. You're really going to have to rely on that content differentiation, because especially in a, in a field where you've got not just one or two competitors selling the same product, where we got hundreds of competitors using the same description and the same content provided by the uh, manufacturers in their catalogs, in their online catalogs. You got to dis- you got to differentiate yourself at the product level. You really do. Well, and and
1: I'm not disagreeing that that's the ideal, but. I'm going to give you an example where this has worked else, w- without doing that. Um, uh, a, uh, I'm trying not to give away this client. I'm trying to gear. Okay, a Let's say a motorcycle helmet company has um, uh, a lot of product in there. And, and it's a nice site, first of all. the Usability, all those things have been taken into account. When people get there, they stick. It's a really well-done site. But what they did is they that helps began... That trying- actually. Yeah, big time, big time. They, <laughs> they created a, uh, a set of videos that would d- demonstrate uh, the benefits of each product, not all the products, but the top selling products. And they became quite well known for these videos. And so this is sort of a, a sideways approach, right? Um, people would link to these videos on YouTube. People would link to them on their site because they'd ultimately get taken to the site through clever marketing within the videos and they've built a huge uh, following, but their content isn't much different, if anything, almost duplicated. To because they've got so many bloody pages, I mean, it's just it's it's gossing. And this is what I specialize in, because I'm dealing with clients who don't have the money necessarily yet to go through every single page. Um, they have managed to get the kind of clout they needed to get these other products found, and they're doing very well from it. Uh, now, they do have rankings for them, too, because people have built the, the love for this site and
3: links, in other words, votes of confidence, have just naturally appeared. See, and I love that example because, to me, that's where our industry as SEOs, is. That's where we're headed. I mean, yeah. you look at some of the major players in our industry, Rand Fishkin, um, even the guys at Blue Glass, all these people are moving away from from link building, um, on-page stuff, into content marketing, into inbound marketing, which is exactly what you just described, mm-hmm. and that's where our industry is headed as a whole, in my opinion, without a doubt.
1: Oh, I totally agree, and I love this. This is a good, good episode so far. I'm having fun. I'm fine. Okay, <laughs> but on that <laughs> note, let's take a quick break, and we come back, we've got, we're have got. we going to delve into more of these uh, great uh, interview questions from Eric Enga. SEO
0: 101 will be back right after recess.
2: Join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the largest events of the year, SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Learn more at sesconference.com. SES San Francisco 2012 kicks off three days of sessions with a keynote presentation by Google Digital Marketing Evangelist, Avinash Kaushik, speaking about business optimization in a digital age. Check out daily Meet the Expert roundtables where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons. And over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the ClickZ Academy, the big search engine watch Eliminator, Goodbye. and webmasterradio.fm search bash, and you'll have SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Register for SES San Francisco 2012 today by clicking on the banner ads from the webmasterradio.fm website or go now to sesconference.com.
0: How far do your ads reach?
2: I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO two two one six nine one for Moby Mantis.
1: Your virtual
2: webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
0: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcut, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So we were last talking about, let me jump... Ah, I've got this mouse issue. Have, have you had this mouse issue yet? Yeah, it's driving me crazy on Chrome where all of a sudden you flick the mouse wheel and it, it goes down like window by window instead of just small movements.
3: Never heard of that.
1: Yeah, I've read about it and apparently it's a it's an emerging bug and it's driving me crazy. I love using my <laughs> mouse wheel. <laughs> so I flick it and all of a sudden I'm at the bottom of this page, which is a long page. Uh, yes. Nope, I hope that one doesn't hit me. Not a doubt. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, Okay, do you want to take the next one? Um, Let's see. We talked about the e-commerce rather enthusiastically. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell I haven't done a show in a few weeks? I'm really fired up today for some reason. (laughs) it's great. Um, Kind of tied into that, I know it's down further in the interview, but it it kind of fits in the same conversation we were just talking about. Um, They talk a little bit about... um, Sites and places that have multiple locations, and they have like locations in sixty cities. And how do you differentiate that? And Matt really said kind of what we said. He said, you know, you have to have a paid for each city, of course. But you, but people were like, well, what if they? You don't. What if they they don't want to create content for 60 cities? It's all the same. Where you say we have a great store in Birmingham, and we also do this, that, and the other. And the next page says we have a great store in New Orleans, and we do this, that, and the other. You know, you don't want to do that. um, But he says still just create two or three sentences of unique content about each location, but everything else can be the same. So there's, there was a lot of discussion actually in the comments of this article about that comment where just two or three sentences that are unique to each page or each location on the site, you know, if you've got 60 locations, the only difference is the address and the phone number and the contact information and two or three sentences, wouldn't that be considered thin content, especially in, in, after Panda, and have like 60 pages of site? you know, kind of discounted um, and Matt pretty much said no two or three sentences about what's unique to that location should be fine and that's a quote and Eric asked he said wouldn't this be seen as thin and he said no something like that should be fine in a related situation he talks about a writer was providing content for gyms and how you know if you had four gyms in the same city and you did that that could be an issue so it's really interesting how, in one hand, at the beginning, he he's talking about you might need to have really distinct content on a page to make it differentiate itself. And then you get back down into this other section where he's saying, you know, you really only need two or three sentences for all these locations. What that tells me is they're understanding the intent of the page. So the intent of these pages as location pages, they understand that's what that intent is. And they're going to treat them a little bit different than they would treat another page on the site. Um, and I think that goes back to our conversation about e-commerce too, Ross, because they, they'll they understand the intent. They know that this page is an e-commerce page. It's a product page and that this product's going to be sold by a bunch of different people. And that, you know, if you can tweak two or three sentences, it's enough to give you that dis- distinction to separate yourself from the pack.
1: Or have a differentiator.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or have a differentiator.
1: <laughs> Uh, well, you know, you just jumped right down to the climax of the darn thing. That was the best part of this thing. I know, anyway, but it was
3: tied into what we were talking about, so I, I thought it made <laughs> sense to talk about it then.
1: And the reason I say that is, is I, I think this was the most revealing info. It was fascinating, and I know that was what really generated the most buzz online. The fact that this wouldn't be considered thin is pretty impressive. That's uh now. I'd like to see examples of that. In fact, content like that ranking low. I'd really like to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it does seem almost mildly optimistic on Matt's part. But uh, have you seen – I haven't seen anything that thin show up.
3: I haven't either. And, yeah. But but to me, the telling part is because of his description and the way he says it is they're treating pages differently based on, on yeah. what they intend the, – what they see is the intention of the page. What is that page supposed to be and what's its purpose? And they treat it differently based on that. Yeah. Well, I think uh, definitely the
1: most revealing part of this, but uh, I want to jump back up here and keep back in line here. <clears throat> uh,
3: yeah. So, well, I actually think that the the, <laughs> the, the link building things just as revealing. So I think that's what you're getting right. to. Um,
1: yeah. Let's see here. Got to get back to the right spot. And My damn mouse here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Well, one of the things he says is that uh, – there's a lot of discussion in certain circles that Google loves brands. That's one thing that Eric brought up. Oh, for Pete's sake, my damn mouse! Um, not gonna touch the mouse. Okay, um, he says. First, first off, Matt hey, has. I, says, I have a hint here.
3: Here's a hint, real quick. There's these things on your keyboard called arrow keys. They oh, work yeah. really good too.
1: You know what? I'm gonna do that. I, it's funny. I actually do forget to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, it says Google does. This is Matt's response. It says Google does try to mirror the real world, quote unquote. We try to reflect the real world importance of things as we see that reflected that are, 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 as we see that reflect what things.
3: See, is this bad
1: grammar it. or what? Yeah, <laughs> it's a typo. Uh, okay, we try to reflect the real world world importance of things as we see that reflected mm-hmm. in the web. see that uh, anyways whatever in the real world they try and reflect that on the web brands sometimes are an indicator that people see value but it isn't the only way that people see value so he's trying to say that yes it happens um and he doesn't say it a lot even though it does happen a lot um and they just try and mirror the real world i I think they could do better than real world personally but uh, so be it now one of the things and i guess i will have to jump down a bit here because i really like this one was uh the discussion about uh where is it here the quality, oh, where is it? Quality. Query deserves diversity.
3: Yeah, I've been using um, that for years, so I think that's great that that's probably coming back into back into uh, public consciousness in the industry because QDD has been around for really literally years and years, and people forget about it. Yeah. Well, I think it was used different way. I haven't heard
1: "query deserves diversity." I've heard it put another way, and I can't remember what the slow, the the what it was, but. Yeah, it's 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 anyway. Let's get to the meat of this. As Eric Enger says um, Google has compelling reasons for offering diverse results. Understanding this could offer new online businesses a way in the door. In the past, people have referred to this as query deserves diversity. Matt says yes, this is part of how our algorithm of whatever our algorithm does. It works to find quality diverse results that help some solve problems for users. So he says, and I. Push this all the time with new – I get a lot of people who also contact me who want help figuring out what to do with their business in in terms of even creating a business. And they're going for the brass ring right off the bat. You don't do that. You just don't. you got a new site. You've got to go for the niche. You've got to go long tail. Well, that's geek SEO speak for the fact that you have to pick a niche, something that you're not going to have to go head to head with big guys on. And that's exactly what he says here. Establish a reputation in that niche, become a leader in it, and then expand into going head to head. And it's, it's dead on. And a lot of people don't do that, F- fortunately for the listeners here, because you know by now you already know that you have to focus on a niche or find something that you're not going head to head on. But uh, th- this, is, this
3: is valuable, and I, I hope it woke up a few people when they read this. Excellent. And I think the next section on here was, was one of my favorite parts of this interview where they really started digging into thinking about link building. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I really love some, some of the information that came out of this. Um, oh. You know, well, um, we got to hold on that. Let's go take a break. <laughs> We're all right, a, all
1: right, fine. Brasco
3: ringing our bell here.
1: Okay, so let's take a quick break. When we get back, uh, we'll get into John's notes on link building. SEO
0: 101 will be back right after recess.
1: Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for
2: eBrands. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day?
1: Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
2: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Do you look at the
3: task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be TopSEOs.com The
2: independent authority on search vendors. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm The flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere.
0: Okay, class. Take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcut, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. And myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web
3: Marketing, Inc. And fire away, John. <laughs> so, 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 so that's probably not not a good uh, term to use today after the events in Colorado. Oh, so, thanks. <laughs> that that was very nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so link building. Um, they talk. So so Eric starts talking about link building, and really, I love the way he. he, he enters this conversation by talking about how link building is a phrase that misleads people it really does and his his example is is a bit of putting the cart before the horse people think about link building is this is what i got to do this is how i have to do it um you know the, you know i have to really dig into link building And his point is by thinking this way, you're off on the wrong foot before you even get started. And and Matt's like, that's right. If you're in that mindset, you get focused on the wrong things from the get-go. Kind of like Ross was just saying earlier before the break where you have to step into things gradually. If you're jumping into your main focus from an SEO standpoint, the beginning is link building. You're putting the cart before the horse. You have to have something to build links to. It's think about – Building an excellent product before you start building links to it, um, and that's what Matt comments was. So Eric came back and said, "Well, so instead of thinking about it as link building, think about it as PR or marketing." And that's a great way. And when they when they talked about it from that perspective, the article really talks about focusing on activities that are brand building. Um, and Eric puts out a great list of, of people, places people have gone to get links that are not brand building. And these are some of the standard link building techniques that everybody uses, but they're not brand building. They're just about links. And it's great. Um, The the examples are article directories, um, cheap directories, link wheels, blog networks, um, any sites that don't care about editorial quality of their their content. And it's like finding those types of links are just – going to cause you problems and, and especially when you think about it from that perspective of building links that are not related to brand building, the the odds are very good that those are the kind of links that Google are going to discount and go after first. We already know they've gone after blog networks. Link wheels haven't worked in for I don't know how long but article directories, article marketing is on its way out. It's, it's, it's not even really – it's on its last legs if it's not already dead. So those kind of things, uh, it's really great that they talked about this. So um, the interesting thing to me, the one that got me the most is infographics. Matt is saying that they're a little bit worried about infographics to the point where people are starting to use them so much just for link building that they're embedding links in these things and people are publishing without knowing they're sending links back. Then Matt even talks about the idea that they might be start treating them like they do widgets at some point where they're not going to count the links in infographics. So the idea that because us as an industry have started abusing infographics, that technique could easily be going away and not be valuable anymore um, in the eyes of the engines. For links. For links, yes. Right. They can still drive traffic, but we're yes. talking about link building. Right, exactly.
1: And, and, and I just wanted to make that distinction because I'm going to still pitch infographics big time, uh, or maybe a little less so, but still uh, quite a bit for, for clients because I, I do think if it's done right, um, and, and Matt talks about quality here, uh, you've got to make sure that your facts are right and it's good quality. You're not misleading people. Um, so in other words, any political ones, don't even bother posting. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in any case, I think it's got a lot of power. I think it's gonna be really interesting. And, and uh, uh, I don't blame them at all for discounting the links. There's a lot out there. And I actually did a an, uh, competitor analysis the way back where a site had literally killed its competition because they did one infographic that happened to do well. That's it. <laughs> it's, that's pretty astounding. That's a lot of power to give uh, one marketing tactic. And, and they've got to they've balance that
3: now. But, but if you look at the big picture of the conversation about links, the thing to take away is that links are not about links anymore. I mean, We've known for years that the, the whole thing about linking, it's more about quality than quantity. But it, now it's not even about just quality. Links are about how does it relate to your brand? Is it something that makes sense? Is it really an organic type of thing? I think, like I said earlier, I think the idea of link building as a craft is on its death's door. It's the idea of doing that is is becoming harder and harder to do it well. Um, the fact that so many people don't do it well and just build links out of whatever they can find links on is hurting our industry. It's making the engines themselves crack down on it. Link building as a whole, which makes it harder for the people to do it right. I think it's a link building is is a very very fragile um, piece of our our industry right now. That's it's going to break soon, very soon.
1: Yeah, we actually uh, haven't changed the name on it yet, but we're working, uh, we've created a whole new package for quote-unquote link building. In other words, it's going out the window, we're calling it community building, and, and it is completely different. We're focusing entirely upon creating buzz around brands, creating uh, product and interest and content and such that really makes people want to talk about your brand, which happens to be part of what um, Google's looking at now, and it's going to be doing more so over the next little while. So, if anyone's interested in that, let us know. Um, it's a powerful program, and we're pretty excited to be launching it and you can be one of the first. Uh, we'll even give you a discount if you' come on first, so let me know uh, but yeah. cool. I'll be, well, you know you, I'll be called that yeah. I'll be. <laughs> There you go. Um, so that's stepforth.com, s-t-e-p F O R T H dot com. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Digital. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to contact me, my email address is Ross at stepforth.com, and you can reach John via Twitter at John Carcutt. Thanks for joining us today on SEO101 on Webmaster Radio.fm. And uh Be sure to tune in next week at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Monday. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody.